0: We are so excited that this latest message from Truth Moving Church can meet you where you are today. This message from TMC will help you to apply the truth of God's Word to your everyday life. It's practical and powerful. Enjoy His Word. Simon Peter, a servant and apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who through the righteousness of our God and Savior Jesus Christ have received a faith as precious as ours. Grace and peace be yours in abundance through the knowledge of God and our Jesus our Lord, excuse me, and of Jesus our Lord. His divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life through our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. Through these, he has given us every great and precious, pr- pr- precious, excuse me, precious promises so that through them you may participate in the divine nature, having escaped the corruption in the world caused by evil desires. Verse 5, for this very reason, make every effort to add to your faith. Verse 5, for this very reason, because of everything I just said, because of this divine nature that he's deposited in us, make every effort to add to your faith first goodness, and to goodness, knowledge, and to knowledge, self-control, and to self-control, perseverance, and to perseverance, godliness, and to godliness, mutual affection, and to mutual affection, love. For if you possess these qualities in increasing measure, they will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ but whoever does not have them in, excuse me, whoever does not have them is nearsighted and blind, forgetting that they have been cleansed from their past sins. That was deep, y'all, yeah, I'm, I'm listen, okay. Um, I think I'm gonna go ahead and give you my title. I, I, I tend to not necessarily have titles, but um, since I've Put punctuation on verse five. That is the, I guess the the, the crux of our discussion for the next two weeks. Um, and our title for the next two weeks is "Add to It." Say that with me. "Add to it." You can go ahead and throw that first picture up. <laughs> According to. Forbes 2020 listing the Apple company sits on top of the 100 most valuable brands in the world with revenues of more than 260 billion in 2020 and when I came across this article I thought to myself how does a company um, who's been around for 45 years and started out with a personal desktop um, still remain in the conversation and still remain relevant and I started to process this for a bit and and looking at my own experiences. If, If Apple would have stayed where they started and never added to what they did, they would not be a household name right now. If they would have just stayed with this Mac 2, that's a Mac 2, that's like the second one they made and this is the one that really put them on the map. If they would have stayed just making Mac 2s and never added to what they did, we'd have forgot about them a long time ago. It is everything that Apple has done up until this point that they have added to their portfolio that makes them a very powerful, relevant company in this country today. And whether or not you've experienced this computer, I'm pretty sure most of us never experienced this computer. Um, This computer came out in 1977. Um, It was around before I was born. I'm not that old. But whether or not we experience this Mac 2, um, you may have experienced an iPhone. If you've never experienced an iPhone, you may have experienced an iPad. If you didn't experience the iPad, you may have experienced an Apple Watch. If you haven't experienced the Apple Watch, you may have Apple TV. What I'm trying to get you to understand is that many of us have never experienced the thing that got them in the game, but we continue to experience the company simply because they added to the thing that got them started. Peter writes two letters to Christians in the region of Asia Minor, which today is Turkey. Um, He tells them that when you decided to become a follower of Christ um, and you made your declaration of faith, you confess with your mouth and you believe in your heart that God raised Jesus from death and thou shalt be saved and you receive the Holy Spirit, you were impregnated, listen to this now, you were impregnated with the divine nature of God. When you determine that I'm going to live for God, I'm going to walk with Christ and and, and, and for God I live and for God that I die and Lord, let your Holy Spirit reside inside of me, I was impregnated with the divine nature of God. But we all know this because we're humans. The statement I'm about to make, to know we know this to be true. If, it doesn't matter if I'm pregnant because I don't always birth things that I'm pregnant with. There are certain things that has to happen on my behalf. There's mothers in here right now who's just had babies. We got some pregnant right now. God bless y'all. Um, but we, we, we all understand that there are some things that has to happen on my behalf to ensure this thing that I'm, I'm impregnated with comes to fruition. Peter says, listen to me y'all, you've been impregnated with the divine nature of God and it really doesn't matter a whole lot that you've been impregnated with it if you don't add to it these things. Because your faith has to be supplemented. And when I started to really think about faith, it made me think about gas in a car. Back in the day, carburetors didn't work the way that they work now or we didn't have fuel injectors. Um, so you had to have enough gas in the car to start it up and keep it going. You ever f- see a car that runs out of gas and it'll continue to crank and it'll crank and it'll crank but it doesn't have enough gas to crank over and continue to run? Listen to me. There is saving faith and then there's keeping faith. There is faith that gets you started but then there's a faith that keeps you going and you have to do your part in making sure that you supplement your keeping faith with these seven qualities or, or, or virtues that Peter lists out for us. Y'all ready for this thing? I want you to write this quote, and I didn't put it up here. Maybe it was an error of mine, maybe not, I don't know. Um, But write this down. If my foundation of faith is real and authentic, it will work itself out in practical and public ways. I'll say it again. If my foundation of faith is real and authentic, it will work itself out in practical and public ways. Peter, you want me to say it one more time? Okay. If my foundation of faith is real and authentic, it will work itself out in practical in public ways, Peter makes this thing so practical and I think we do our faith at times a disservice because we, we, we tend to make the things of the Spirit and specifically our faith somewhat abstract we can't put our hands on it but Peter is being very clear, quite like Paul d- does to us and he he gives us the, the fruit of the Holy Spirit um, he makes it very practical And he gives us seven of them. What does the number seven represent in the Bible? Completion. He says, if you want to be a well-rounded, complete Christian, these, these traits, these seven qualities, these seven virtues need to be present in your life and it needs to be a continuous work. I, I'm gonna say this before I get started. These seven qualities or characteristics are not a place you arrive to. It is something that you continually work on and you develop and, you, and and you get better and you grow in, because you receive them in measure over the over the over the course of your life. Okay. All right. You're acting a little quiet today. So here's what I'm gonna do. Because this is this is it's seven of them and I don't do seven points. <laughs> We're gonna do three today. For next week all right all right let's do the first one uh, let's go to verse five for this very reason make every effort to add to your faith what's the first one? Oh gosh oh, come on let's work hard for this very reason make every effort effort to add to your faith here we go the first one is goodness <clears throat> say that with me goodness now, on the surface, it would be easy to believe that Peter is simply talking about um, followers of Christ being good people. Yeah. When you hear goodness, just be good. you know. And, and I think that that should be a byproduct of your faith. Um, but what Peter is talking about here is a little deeper than that. Um, he is more so speaking about the proper fulfillment of a thing. The proper fulfillment of the thing, the Greek word that he uses um, when it was written was meant more like excellence. So the proper fulfillment or excellence of a thing. So for example, um, the excellence and proper fulfillment of a knife is to cut. The excellence and proper fulfillment of a chair is to be sit in. The excellence and proper fulfillment of this microphone is to be spoken into. the the excellence and proper fulfillment of a hawk is to soar and the excellence and proper fulfillment of a Christian is to live life like Jesus the excellence and proper fulfillment of a Christian is to live life like Jesus you get that connection yes now I want you to pay close attention to what to what Peter says because that can sound what wines of Jesus was perfect and you know he had no sin and you're asking a lot of us to live like Jesus but you have to pay close attention to what he says he says you're going to add you're going to add these things to your faith your faith is the foundation so I can't add this thing to something I don't have I can't add goodness. I can't add this excellency. I can't add the function of this to something that I don't have. If I don't have faith, then I can't add goodness to it. I first have to have faith because faith is the foundational step. Yes? If you you understand this, then you will see that faith makes my Christ-likeness attainable. That is what puts me inside the game. If I have faith, if I've had my Jesus moment and I've had my, and I've had my faith moment where I said, Father, I receive you to, into my life and I believe that Jesus rose from the dead for me and I am saved, I've had that moment, and I received the Holy Spirit, now I have the capability and the capacity to now take in goodness and be more like Christ. If I never, here's the, here's the power, here's the power of this. If I never have a faith moment, if I never have a come to Jesus moment, and I am proclaiming Christianity, then I will always have hypocritical moments in my life. Because my mouth will be saying one thing and my actions will be doing something totally different because I haven't had the first step. I I didn't give my life to Christ. I didn't give my heart and my mind and my soul to him. But in order for me to make sure that this thing works and I add goodness to it, I first gotta have that moment. You can try to be good all you want, it won't work. Because I first have to have this moment. I can quote scripture all day long, but my actions won't line up with it. I can say all I want to say, and I can say that I love Jesus, but I have if I have yet to have the faith moment, shout the faith moment, the saving faith moment, the saving faith moment, where I give my life to him, then all of this other stuff that we're getting ready to talk about, specifically goodness, the excellence of being like Christ and walking my life out like him, cannot happen because I don't have that divine character already implanted in me. It's in, when I make the decision to give my life to him, he automatically impregnates me with his spirit. So then it makes, me possible, it makes it possible for me to be like him. I, my mind goes back to, to Mary. <laughs> and, 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 and the angel shows up and says, hey, hey, listen, you're about to get pregnant by the Holy Spirit. And once, it, once this thing comes out, his name is going to be Jesus. Y'all remember that? Check this out. If I, if, listen to me. If the Holy Spirit impregnates me, what comes out will look like Jesus. If the Holy Spirit impregnates me, if if I give my life to Christ and he has implanted his divine nature inside of me, then what comes from me will look like Jesus. Hey, Mary, you're going to have a baby. You're going to get pregnant by the Holy Spirit, and his name will be Jesus. Well, guess what? When Jesus popped out, there was no question because it was Jesus. She was pregnant. She was impregnated by the Holy Spirit. Y'all listen to what I'm saying? Your character, once you come in contact with with, with the divine nature of God, your character starts to change because it starts to work from in you to the outside. All right. Y'all get that? Because y'all sitting here, that's a little confused. It's okay. So the first one is what? All right, let's get the second one. For this very reason, make every effort to add to your faith goodness and to goodness, what's the next one? Knowledge. Yes, knowledge. Now, Peter uses a Greek word um, gnosis is the Greek word that he uses. I think I have it, I have it for you. I got a definition for you. Gnosis uh, means a seeking and what I wish I'd have done for you guys because I did it in my notes, I, I want to underline the word a seeking to know. I say the word, the phrase, a seeking to know. Gnosis means a seeking to know an inquiry investigation of especially spiritual truths. Yo, I got to written down. Not yet, I hear Apple phone ticks. <laughs> Two more seconds. Now, if, listen to me. I really mean this. If y'all come to me after service and say, Pastor Wanza, I want those notes. I couldn't take them down. Like these notes, I'll send them to you. Okay? So you don't have to, like, frantically type. And, like, <laughs> it's okay. I'll give it to you. Peter is saying, um, in layman's terms, um, that you must add to your faith an ongoing pursuit of the truth that comes from God. I want you to pay attention to a seeking to know there should always be an ongoing pursuit to seek the truth that comes from God because the truth is the only thing that will free you from a spiritual bondage and the enemy knows that John 8 32 and you shall know the truth and the truth shall do what right but I gotta know the truth in order, to come in, in order to come in contact with freedom, right? Now, I believe that there has been an agnostic theology that has been taken on by Christians. So gnosis is knowledge and knowing agnostic is the the invert of that not knowing so an agnostic is not like an atheist an atheist says there is no God but an agnostic says if there is a God I can't say either or but if there is a God I have no way of knowing him I can't know him so if I can't know him and know the truth then the only truth that I have comes through my personal and physical experience so I develop truths because there is no truth it only comes through my experience if it's not flesh and blood if it didn't come through my hand if I didn't see it and I didn't experience it can't be truth because there's no truth outside of my experiences So what happens on a Sunday morning is you show up with all your truths and there is a truth being preached from this stage that has to war against the truths inside of you. And what tends to happen more often than not because you didn't show up seeking the truth because there is no truth. I have to be convinced that my truths are not right. So I gotta stand here half the service and convince you that your truths are not correct because there is no truth, Wandel, because I didn't experience it. <laughs> so what happens, right? This is what happens in our mind. We walk out of service. That was a good presentation. That was good. Pastor did good today. But one for me, zero for the pastor because I'm sticking with my truth. It is a seeking, listen to me, it is a different of, difference of posture when you show up here seeking the truth. It'll be like, and this is probably the dumbest like um, analogy I could come up with or, or illustration I come up with. It'll be like you telling me so say cody not picking on you okay Um, but it'll be like cody telling me hey i lost my keys and i say okay hey i found your keys and he turns back to me and says prove it i'm showing you these are your keys no prove it to me those are my keys the difference is is that if, if, if you're seeking something you don't have questions for what's found if I'm looking for my keys and I say, hey, Cody, I got your keys. Oh, gosh, thank you. We don't show up to church like that. If you show up to church looking for the truth, then whatever is poured out of this place and I start dangling those keys in front of oh, my God, that is exactly what I've been looking for. Tell your neighbor, you found my keys that you find my keys. So here's what it helps me do. Don't, you don't have to write this down. This is just another word down. I wrote on how to how do I develop that how do I ve- develop knowledge of seeking to know right reading studying scripture on my own thinking and discussing the things of God so that I can come into the knowledge of truth now here's what truth helps me do it helps me to, di- to discern the difference between right and wrong it helps me to discern the difference between true and false it helps me to discern the difference of becoming and uncoming and it helps me to discern the difference between advantageous and hurtful. <laughs> I, I promise I'll give it to you. How do I develop it? How do I develop knowledge? How do I become a seeker of the knowledge? Reading and studying a Scripture on my own, thinking the things of God, discussing the things of God, so that I can become into so that I can come into the knowledge of the truth and it helps me to discern the difference between right-wrong, true-false, becoming and unbecoming, advantageous, and hurtful. You ever see uber-smart people just make terrible decisions all the time? Me and James have this conversation a lot about intellect versus wisdom. And I want to say this incorrectly, but Intellect is intel. So we spend a lot of time on our phones getting intel. This is the best thing. I think I should try this. I should do this because they're doing it and it works. But when I don't have a truth, that is my only source. When I don't have knowledge, that is my only source. I don't get the wisdom of God. So you could be as smart as you want, but you can make some stupid decisions simply because you don't know the truth do you understand what I'm saying okay I only have three points and y'all just kind of starting to get okay let's get this last one verse 5 for this very reason make every effort to add to your faith goodness and to goodness knowledge and to knowledge Say the last one with me. Oh, let's say that one a little louder. Say it with a little conviction. Now, if you study this any, and I always say that in this microphone because I believe that we're we're a, a smart church. I believe that when you walk out of here, you go study this stuff. Um, but if you were to study this a little bit, you would find that most of the commentators and theologians, to some degree, disagree um, with the thought that all of these virtues or character traits are successive. I mean, like one begets the other, right? I mean, there's a, and and depending on who you read or what you, where you get it from, one will say they are successive and they stack upon each other, but then somebody else says, well, the two just don't kind of connect. But I do believe that here, Peter draws a connection between The knowledge of God and self-control. Yeah. So if 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 we work together, and I and I told you this, and when y'all start preaching, um, you'll be able to look back on what I said. But I believe that you could draw all sorts of sermons just from the first chapter of the Bible, which is the book of Genesis. If you go back to the creation narrative, uh, where God creates man, God gives man all of this. All of this power. He gives him significant power. Um, he says to him, I want you, or them, I want you to be fruitful. And then he uses two words that I, I, I want to, to give you. And don't try to write them down, I will give them to you. I'm just reading them. If you want them, I'll give them to you, okay? But I don't want to slow you down. He says two words, or he uses two words after he makes that statement. And the first word is subdue. I have it up on the, on the, on the screen. Don't write it down. Subdue in the Hebrew is the word kabbas, and it means overcome, enslave, i.e. conquer, and control an environment or people. Then God doubles down on what he just said, and he says, I want you to have dominion. Y'all remember that? And that is the word rada. I have it it for you on the screen. Rule over, dominate, direct, lead, control, subdue, i.e. manage or govern an entity, people, or government with considerable or forceful authority. In other words, what God was conveying to Adam, you can do and take whatever you want to. Could you imagine being said that you've just got this power to do whatever the heck you want to do? That is what God says to them. I want you to go dominate things. I want you to walk up in places and start claiming it to be yours. I want you to go to places and wherever your fit will trot out, give it to you. He's he's saying all of this stuff to them and, and, and it was great. It was awesome in the Garden of Eden while they were in the presence of God. Because while they were in the presence of God, they had unlimited power under control. He gave them all the power in the world, but it was under control. The controls were, hey, Adam, every tree here is for you to do whatever you please with, but that one. Now, some strange way, Adam decided to step outside of the controls that God put in place. Watch this now. Here's here's what I want you to get. After he broke the controls that God put in place for him, God takes his presence away, but left man with all the power. Read scripture. He didn't revoke the power that he gave man. So within us, we still have this desire to go dominate and take things and, 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 and do things, but without the presence of God we have a tendency to overindulge and do too much. You see, Peter's not talking about a self-control where you restrain yourself. No, he he is talking about taking the power that God has given you and bringing it up under his submission so that you can be the person that God has called you to be. Yes, God wants you to dominate and yes, God wants you to be in control, but God wants you to do things under his control. I don't want you to get what he is saying twisted. He is not talking about, oh, I'm not going to eat too much today. Does it ever work? I put myself on the altar every Sunday, it feels like, and telling you all my business. But when Krispy Kremes get in the car with me, I tell myself, Wanzo, you're not going to eat any. And then two minutes later, I tell myself, Wanzo, you can have one. By the time I get to where I'm going, I've eaten three. Listen to me. (laughs) Listen to me, y'all. We cannot control ourselves outside of the controls of God. It doesn't work. Listen to me. I'm talking about simply eating. Because God has something about He says fast and pray. He'll address all of those things for you. He'll put controls in place for all the things that we struggle with, but we have to be willing to submit our power under his control. Do you see that? God says, listen, you could do whatever you like but do it within the parameters that I set for you. That is what Peter is talking about. He is not talking about our feeble efforts to keep ourselves from doing something wrong because you can't keep yourself from doing something wrong in it, in you of yourself. You cannot do it. You have to have the... You have to be impregnated by the divine nature of God. And I have to be so attentive to it. Oh, gosh. Y'all give the Allens a him because they're they about to have another baby. Mm, this is how many, how many weeks 18 weeks it's coming and they're having a the girl y'all pray for James because he about to be a mess. <laughs> but, but correct me if I'm wrong because you are carrying something that is greater than you you have to go to the to the doctor to make sure that things are growing the way that they're supposed to grow. When I give my life to Christ, and I say, God, I live and for God I die, and I make him the Lord of my life and I receive the Holy Spirit, at that moment, I'm impregnated with his divine nature. But I have to, and this is where we mess up, Most of us stop right there and we think that it's going to take care of itself. But you have to be very intentional about coming back to the feet of God every opportunity you get and say, God, how am I looking? Am I growing the way that I'm supposed to be growing? I mean, you know, Father, how is my self-control and how is my goodness and, and you know, how is my knowledge? You have to be cont- you have to be dead set on getting back to him because he is the one that, get- he knows exactly where you should be in your walk with him. Oh, if they went to the doctor and said, well, you know what, the baby is a little bit undersized and they should be here. Well, God knows exactly where you're supposed to be in your spiritual walk with him. He says, by now, Wanzo, you shouldn't be dealing with that. Would I have to be a seeker. I, it's not a, I have to be a seeker. If that doctor told them, we don't want to see you until you had a baby. Uh-uh, we found another doctor. They have no idea what they're talking about. Listen to me. So how is it that we show up at church and we don't want God to check how we've been carrying This is how we grow. This is how we grow. Peter rips off goodness, knowledge and self-control. And and, and the reason why, I I got more notes, but the reason why I said, I said, one of this is just, you need to calm yourself down and not try to give them all this at one time because to be honest with you, goodness Knowledge and self control, it might take me a couple years to walk that out. And the question I want you to ask yourself, and we're going to do this for one more week do you truly want to grow? Do you truly want to grow spiritually? Do you want to mature into the person that God gave his son for you to be? Do you want that? And here's the thing, and if you say it is for you, lay yourself on the table. What is that thing called, they do, what is it? I ain't had a baby in a long time. Watch me now. Lay yourself on the altar and let God do a spiritual ultrasound. You know what I love about a doctor? Me and my wife have been in some very difficult situations when it comes to to babies and all that kind of stuff. But no matter how bad it is, no matter how bad it is, we'll figure this out is what the doctor says. There's no panic. And if in this moment you say to yourself, Wanzo, I, I, I haven't been ex- exemplary in, in, in my goodness, and I haven't been seeking knowledge, and, and I haven't had, you know, demonstrated self-control, there's no need to worry, let's not panic. God is saying, we can fix this together. But you gotta keep coming back. You gotta keep coming back and putting yourself back on this altar. You know, it, it is a living sacrifice that he asked for You've got to be dead set every opportunity you get to come back into his presence and say, "Father, here I am. And I don't know how I've been doing. I felt like I've been doing pretty good, God, but you tell me. What do I look like?" I I had gone to the doctor the other day and they, and and uh, I hadn't been since the onset of COVID. And I hadn't seen her in a while and she was getting caught up with me and uh, she was rambling off all of this stuff. She was very thorough, I, I appreciated her. Um, but she says to me, well, you got some homework to do. And then I, you know, I took all my paperwork and I had to go get some blood work and I had to go to this person and that person, whatever. And when I walked out to, <laughs> to the, um, the young lady that was checking me out, you know, because they gotta get paid before you walk out. And I, I walk up and she sees me with my paperwork. She says, looks like you got some homework. I want you to walk out of this place with that phrase in your heart. Looks like I got some homework. I want to be who God wants me to be. Y'all, we're gonna talk about some stuff next week, which I don't even—I <laughs> don't even think we consider. But just these three, goodness knowledge self-control and self-control not in the way that you've always thought of it it is bringing my power my ability my could if i want to up under the submission of god y'all i'm not perfect and, and, and 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 i make i make my point to try and make sure that I'm where he wants me to be and sometimes I miss it all of us miss it but you can't you you can't walk around and you're wrong just because you just because you can God wants us to be able to submit who we are to him he says bring me a living sacrifice Are you willing this morning? Listen to me, y'all. This is not something that Pastor Wanzo can help you with. This is not something that you can converse yourself through. None of these things. You have to take yourself to God yourself and say, God, I know that I'm not growing in this area of my life. I proclaimed salvation 25 years ago and for some reason God I have no self-control I find myself back in the same stuff all the time and here's the thing self control doesn't mean that you go out and you party and do all these different things self-control is simply saying what the Holy Spirit tells you to say that's self-control that's how that's how granular this thing will get you know we oftentimes think about the big stuff we think about our food and what we eat and how we dress and what we, no, no, no. He wants to, how you think. Check this out. In scripture, Jesus deals with people because of how they think, not because of what they said. I don't have any self-control. I told, I was, listen to me, I, I was having these thoughts. This is no joke. The other day, I was standing there having these thoughts and these thoughts and these thoughts and these thoughts and I said to myself, as a man thinking." So was he. And I said, why do I keep thinking this? Because regardless if I try to, to or not, my thoughts will work its way out through my action. My thoughts will work itself out of my facial expression. It will work itself out through my demeanor. Not just through the actions that I take. Listen to me, it's, it's bigger than that. I'm talk, I want you to get granular. God, I want, I want control for my mind. I want to stop thinking about the things that I think about. I want control for my mouth. I want control for my heart. I want to stop falling in love with the wrong people. Do you see what I'm saying? Are you with me? This is, how, this, this is how practical this stuff that Peter was. He was just teaching. He was just talking. What I love about what he does is that Peter knew in culture of that day, these, these lists, these, these traits or these virtues were common in pagan cultures. So he uses buzzwords so that he would catch the attention of these people who were producing all of these lists so that he could get the truth in the hands of the people who were teaching it falsely. Do is be good. I'm going to get knowledge. I'm going to read my Bible. It's all intellectual. No. It's way deeper than that. Yes? Stand to your feet.